This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, as we continue this look at inflation and where the economy is right now, pleasure to be joined by uh, Adam Ozemek, who is a chief economist at Economic Innovation Group. Adam, thanks for a few moments. And let me start out by just getting your thoughts on, on where you think we are right now. Are we starting to maybe crest a little bit in and around inflation at the moment? Yeah, I hope so. Certainly hope so. I know households are hoping that as well. Um, you know, inflation has stuck around longer than economists, certainly the Fed, expected. It's been more persistent than was expected. So you have to have some humility about it at this point. But I do believe that um, we're going to start seeing inflation move down over the coming months and head back to normal gradually over the next year or so. And it sounds like you, you talk about being humble. It sounds like maybe we're starting to get that from some of the uh, economic leaders, either in the administration or at the Federal Reserve uh, over the last few weeks. Certainly, the, the Fed, I think, agrees that inflation is likely to come down soon. But I think they felt the pressure of their forecast being off over the last year. And they're feeling the pressure of, you know, telling everyone that inflation pressures are going to begin mitigating and then that not happening. So at some point, even if they think, you know, inflation is going to come down quickly, they have to start pivoting to be responsive to, you know, the public perception of the all of their errors being in one direction for the last year or so. If we do get to that point here in the near future, then the impact for the consumer will be what? Well, we'll see prices go down, and that's going to be positive for consumers who are seeing you know extra dollars out of their pocketbooks to meet their basic needs every month. We should see more availability of certain goods that have been really short recently. Hopefully, it becomes a little easier to get a used car. That's one area where we've seen extremely tight market conditions. It's been tough to get a car, and prices have gone up a lot. And in fact, we're already starting to see used car prices come down a bit. So uh, across the parts of the economy where it's been hard to find stuff, where prices have been going up quickly, we should start to see relief there. We should start to see prices come down. That's that's a positive for households. But the the, the, the problem around supply chain is one that still is, is not fixed at this point. And a lot of people have talked about, you know, really needing to do a, a long look at supply chain and what it is now and what it needs to be moving forward to be able to make sure that what we've gone through the last couple of years around supply chain, you, you, I, you never say never, but you want to try and see what you can do to mitigate it in the longer term at this point. Well, I think one thing you have to remember is that this is a shock that was not expected. It's not the kind of crisis that businesses were thinking they would have to deal with. And the same is true of government as well. I mean, governments were obviously not prepared for this shock. And I think what we've seen is businesses have shown a willingness to, uh, you know, pivot quickly and adapt. And I think a lot of businesses are adapting their supply chains to be more resilient. You you sort of, you, you trust that the market works there, that they, the learning experience for them is something that they quickly adjust to. In contrast, you really haven't seen much fundamental reform of the government's pandemic response. 
And so, I, I, you know, if it's me, I'm, I'm less worried that businesses are going to learn the right lessons. I think businesses are, it's been costly for them and they've internalized those costs and they're dealing with the balance of supply chain decisions for the future. The government I'm more worried about that we need to make more pandemic responses. So, you know, before the government turns to businesses and says, hey, you guys failed to anticipate this, we're going to tell you to how to anticipate it better in the future. I'd rather them, you know, look inward and make the changes to how the government has responded. Figure it out themselves first before they pass it down, right? Exactly. So then as this level of innovation, I should say inflation, has really soared over the last few months, what areas have drawn your attention the most? I think a lot of people obviously looking at gasoline prices, looking at food prices, looking at rent. Are those the main areas that you're focused on, or are there other areas that that really have drawn your attention? I mean, those are the big ones that we're focused on right now. Uh, uh, The reality is that inflation has hit a lot of sectors at this point, even services, restaurant inflation is going up now. So there's, you know, it's everywhere at this point, which is not what you want to see. But in terms of, like, where we are hoping to see a turnaround, uh, certainly in goods, durable goods, household furniture, used car, stuff like that. With energy prices are among the most concerning because energy is basically an input into how we uh, make almost everything in this economy. And energy prices have gone up very rapidly. And that's an area where I think there is room for policymakers to have an impact. We just haven't seen any positive steps there yet in terms of helping to increase the supply of oil and really focusing on that problem specifically. How do we get more energy output in the near term. Unfortunately, from a policy perspective, I think you have to be uh, you know, a little bit uh, concerned about where we are as a government right now and the fact that we seemingly can't get a lot done in Washington. And so that would put a crimp in the idea of trying to you know, make change around policy moving forward. Well, um, you know, politically, it's easy to be a pessimist, but my, my job as an economist is to tell economists or to tell politicians uh, what they should be doing. So regardless of the outlook for change, I'm going to you know, continue to hammer on um, what the best moves to, to, to get us to a better place are. Part of the other focus also is, is on the labor force and where we're going to be moving forward. We're going to see maybe a little bit higher inflation. We obviously have had a very strong jobs market over the last uh, uh, you know, year and a half in the recovery from the, the depths of the pandemic. Can you, can you surmise what we might be looking at from a labor perspective over the next, uh, over the next several months? Yeah, the labor market has really been uh, the bright spot especially over the last six months, we've added almost two and a half million jobs in six months. And that's a really positive sign for inflation, actually, because if you dig deep into a lot of the supply chain stories that we hear, ultimately you end up in many instances coming to a labor shortage issue. So you find out that someone, you know, can't um, make something because they can't get widgets. And then you talk to the widget maker and the widget maker says, we can't get them in the warehouse out of the warehouse and you talk to the warehouse and then the warehouse says we have a labor shortage and ultimately labor shortages are uh, a major driver of supply chain issues. And so the fact that we've added two and a half million jobs over the last six months is really positive sign for improving supply chain problems. Now it takes businesses a little time to 
season those workers and get them productive. Um, so the, and then that will lead to increased output, and that increased output should lead to lower prices. It's taking a little time for this to work through, but if you think of the economy as an engine that's starting to seize a little bit, uh, it, workers are the oil or an oil to, for that engine to help things move uh, more smoothly and and uh, you know reduce inflationary pressures. I think. But we're also, in, in regards to the labor force, we're also looking at a time where remote work is becoming a, an even greater option for a lot of companies. Uh, we don't know to what degree it'll be longer term, but the expectation is that most companies uh, are, are going to have an element of remote work moving forward from this uh, point on. Yep, that's true. And, you know, that's good for workers and it's good for businesses. It will help businesses reach workers where they are rather than be stuck in their local labor market and it'll help workers find jobs wherever the jobs are rather than simply be stuck with the options in their local labor market so in my mind that's a really big positive for productivity for the labor market for households you know for just about everybody going forward i think that's going to be a big boom to the economy adam great to have you with us thanks very much all the best thanks for having me thank you adam ozamek who is uh Chief Economist with Economic Innovation Group. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.